Welcome to an audiobook entitled Parish Management and Operations, The Buck Stops Here, narrated by Catholic author Michael Brenda. We hope you enjoy the segment and find it useful in your ministerial work. Chapter 6 On Those We Serve Through PMO And what if the parishioners' PMO employees and volunteers are called to serve every day? What can be said about them? Predictably, such people are by their fundamental nature not as apt to speak up when they receive mediocre or below-average service. Why is that? It is because the entire paradigm of the parishioner-PMO interaction transaction lends itself to a servant-master mentality. In other words, parishioner, be happy with whatever you receive, if you receive anything at all from us and do not complain because complaining would be considered as uncharitable behavior. In such an environment, a veritable performance feedback desert, nothing is the expected level of service. Furthermore, how in the world is an administrator holed up in an office going to accurately know what level of service his or her parishioner base is actually receiving from the PMO personnel? In the land of the blind parishioner, the one-eyed PMO administrator becomes king. Of course, we are speaking here in generalizations, and there are always individual exceptions. But generally speaking, the typical parishioner-PMO relationship paradigm contributes to a lack of loud, clear, timely, and accurate performance feedback about any mediocre parishioner-PMO experiences. In this sort of passive, daily, see-no-evil, hear-no-evil, speak-no-evil, PMO administrator's utopian world, the uninvolved PMO administrator naively, if not gladly, remains behind the curtain, holding to the illusion that all is well in PMO land when all is not close to well. While existing in their truth-starred bubble, Naturally, there is no apparent need for the administrator to prioritize their daily to-do task list to include any time, or at least enough time, to monitor the functionality and quality of PMO services. What happens next? Mediocrity quickly becomes the accepted cultural norm and performance standard. But anyone who has spent any time watching cooking competitions knows that in all cooking competitions, the judges keenly watch for one thing. Do the contestants taste the food before they serve it to the judges? Do the contestants have any idea how their food actually tastes and what quality they are serving? Or do they just go by best visual guess and fall for the illusion that their professed busyness while cooking, through some mysterious default alchemy, produce superior results. For example, some years ago, David Copperfield appeared to make me disappear from from the stage of a packed auditorium, and mere seconds later appeared to reappear standing at the back of the auditorium. My wife was disappointed I reappeared, but that's another story. What really happened is an entirely different story, But this example illustrates that even when you are paying close attention, you can be fooled. So just imagine how bad PMO can be if you are not watching at all, 
or do not fully understand what you are seeing and misinterpret employee and volunteer busyness for effectiveness. To assist in the saving of souls is why we must learn to become superior PMO administrators, but we can and should embrace business principles to further this end. We should not naively and in some knee-jerk fashion refuse, rebuff, reject, or otherwise defeat the application of sound business principles in a parish setting simply because someone dismissively and naively pushes back your efforts with, you know, the church is not a business. We already know that. We admit to that. Now, can we discriminate between the goals of business and serving God, but share certain dual-use attitudes, practices, principles, techniques, and culture that produce superior results? Will you accept this premise? Will you put it into practice in PMO? Will you teach to others who might struggle accepting dual-use principles? Can we move forward, or do we refuse to change and remain trapped where we are? The main reason people resist change is that they focus on what they think they have to give up instead of what they have to gain. As the leader of the PMO band, it is your job to help anyone overcome his or her mental barriers to accepting qualified business principles within PMO. Chapter 7 The Essence of PMO Service to Parishioners What does it mean to administer a parish, specifically in a PMO context? To administer the parish in a superior manner is to mean performing any task whereby it can be said that in the performance of that task we are directly or indirectly furthering the goal of saving souls. Remember, saving souls is a multifaceted, multidimensional activity. It does not require a huge leap of faith to make the connection, for example, that an efficient and competent parish office staff furthers the savings of, saving of souls by serving the many and diverse non-sacramental needs of parishioners, clearly not in the same spiritually profound sense as participating in the sacraments, but in the sense that a parishioner who is apathetic or frustrated by a lack of superior services provided by the parish is certainly in a less than optimal mental state to receive the sacraments and the word than one who is well served by robust PMO. For example, a parishioner who is given the wrong start date for the parish's RCIA course, or no date at all because the person who answered the phone not only has no idea, but lacks the why training necessary to capture the caller's information in order to call them back, in her frustration over now starting the course late, chooses not to join the course at all. Oh, that's not good. And precisely who benefited from that blown PMO information exchange and predictable outcome? Nobody. What about the long-time parishioner who is dying? His family calls for their priest to administer the anointing of the sick sacrament, but the message is lost. The parishioner dies, and no priest ever shows up. 
How is that acceptable PMO service to parishioners? What about when payday rolls around, but your new hire employee does not receive her first paycheck, but everybody else does? Did you ever have two funerals or weddings scheduled on the same day at the same time? That's just a lovely scene, said the comedy movie script screenwriter, especially when the people arriving are not yet aware they are present for different events and begin to gather and mingle together. Here you should feel free to insert your own personal PMO-based horror stories. However, what is paramount is that you do not insert yourself and your personal reaction to any such situations and in so many words declare, but those mistakes would not bother me. I would understand being poorly served. It was just an accident. Mistakes happen. I would forgive. Why must you avoid this line of thinking in this context? Because this is not about how you would react. That's why. Here is the cardinal rule to follow in PMO. We must meet people where they are, not where we wish them to be. It makes no difference whatsoever that you would not be angry at the person who gave you the wrong RCIA start date or who failed to inform the priest your mother was dying, or submit an accurate payroll, etc., etc. It makes no difference that you personally would not shake your fist at God for missing administering the anointing of the sick sacrament due to someone else's failure to perform and or to be adequately trained and supervised. What matters here is that you understand that these are potentially the very real reaction of community members meant to be served by the parish, and in the failure to serve them, and serve them in a superior manner, we are actually working against our goal of saving souls. Oh, that's not good. It's not for any of us to demand a holy and saintly reaction to poor service, or anything less than superior service, from people who are fundamentally at a different point in their faith walk with Christ, we meet people where they are, not where we wish them to be. People will walk away from their church, if not their faith as well, and not come back over what you might consider a trivial matter. It is imperative a PMO administrator possesses the so-called view from the pew, which is the ability to mentally walk in the same shoes as all those they have promised to serve. If you cannot relate to those you serve, regardless of where they are on the faith spectrum, you will more often than not do a poor job of serving them. Your personal opinion and point of view is not the yardstick by which others measure PMO results or react to being poorly served. So we return now to revealing the more nuanced meaning of those who know how will always work for those who know why. In our specific PMO context, it means precisely this. We have now come to accept and understand why tested, tried, and true principles of business management and operations, such as those presented here, will fit and lead to the saving of souls, either directly or indirectly, within a PMO environment. We will joyfully commit ourselves to learning these principles, both the art and the science, not eschew or avoid them, 
be simply because the realm of business is not our personal vocational calling. We embrace this belief with a charitable heart so that we might be of greater service to Christ and his church. No obstacle will become an excuse crutch for us to do little or nothing about less than superior service. Indeed, we will sometimes leave the riverbanks of our typical comfort zone in the pursuit of service of others, because one glance at Christ on the cross certainly tells us he left his comfort zone for us, don't you think? The reality is that by embracing and subsequently teaching others who report to you, business principles categorically can and will apply in a PMO environment. Perhaps even though you maybe have no desire to ever touch such principles in your vocation, by accepting your duty to do so, you are demonstrating the historical character of self-sacrifice that has been demonstrated to date by all the saints for his sake and the building of his kingdom. That is not a bad group to be a member of. Chapter 8 on Mediocrity in PMO Service We are fortunate today that the issues summarized so far have been recognized in the Church at large. We now have great, not merely good, educational resources to read and learn core principles germane to practicing sound PMO science. However, the Catholic Church family, as we well know, has been in existence for hundreds and hundreds of years, which is to say it has operated without such insights and understanding for a whole lot longer than this information has been readily available. As such, you would be wise to expect much, if not all, of what is presented here to be mentally deposited by those who receive it from you incorrectly into the category of new information, and ultimately they come to represent in their mind the dreaded C-word, change. A quote from Tolstoy, All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. End quote. There are many ways to fail in PMO, as there are different services to be rendered. Suffice it to say that most people in or out of authority are prone to resist all things perceived as new and to resist change. People most often resist change under the misapplied banner or rubric of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What is the problem with this attitude in our PMO context? What if it is broke? but you don't want to do what it takes to fix it because you like things just the way they are? What if you fear change? Many daily PMO-related issues are terribly broken, at least in relation to measuring against what could and should be. And yet administrators, staff, and volunteers don't realize this fact. Why is this? It is because the boss has quietly accepted mediocrity as the unspoken de facto performance standard in PMO. Mediocrity is sometimes even mislabeled as superior, usually via an overabundance of misguided praise cast about as if uttering words of false praise has no consequences. The PMO administrator has accepted good enough instead of the superior level of service that parishioners deserve. Indeed, 
many do not even know what superior PMO looks like because they have never seen con consistently superior performance in any organization they have ever been a part of. Why do people accept such mediocrity at all? The most likely reason is not that they are infatuated with mediocrity and strive just to be average, although such folks do exist. No, it is because they do not know how to perform any better, at a higher level. Thus, all anyone can deliver is defined and derived from the upper limits of what they currently know and have experienced in their life to date. It is therefore most often a simple lack of knowledge via training that corrects a less-than-ideal PMO environment. This is why employees and volunteers deliver mediocrity or worse. They don't know any other standard of job performance. Ask budget motel customers how they define superior service after they have stayed at a five-star resort. Further note that since volunteers do not receive a paycheck, on-the-job achievement is their sole reward. But what can or do they achieve if they are poorly trained and or unsupervised? To dream of superior PMO service to all parishioners does not make it so, and certainly does not begin to define what that ideal even means to the parishioner. Your mission as the PMO administrator is to prayerfully and respectfully change the PMO cultural paradigm, first through your own servant leadership example, your actions being animated by a written statement of culture, which will be fully explained in a later chapter, and supplemented by patiently training those who report to you until they demonstrate an inability and or unwillingness to learn what you are teaching, or in business parlance, they refuse to buy what you are selling. Precisely what you do in such cases is covered later in this book, but I will tell you this much now. You do not accept mediocrity or worse as the status quo for any current personnel. You also do not accept mediocrity and brokenness in PMO just because it is challenging to change your status quo. Make no mistake about this. If you do not take and make the time to train people and yourself in precisely why and how you want something to be done, you are failing in a PMO context. You will enshrine mediocrity, guaranteed. Further note, people are more than willing to do things your way if you train them in your way. Did you catch that? Given bright personnel in PMO who are willing to take direction, overcoming institutionalized mediocrity is simply a training challenge for the administrator, provided you start with bright people in PMO who do not resist change and are willing to take direction. Uh-oh. What happens if the people you inherit or hire in PMO are not bright and or willing to take direction? What do you think happens? It's not rocket science. They go or you fail. More on this point later. If you fail to proactively train, you will end up with a mishmash of daily disparate and non-integrated PMO 
ways and means that at best produce mediocrity and at worst deliver poor service, creating an untenable and miserable working environment for everyone. Do you want that? Obviously not, but that is what you will get. Perhaps you are already familiar with such dysfunctional working environments. Have you ever worked in such an environment? Did you enjoy the experience? Are you enjoying the experience now? Would you like to repeat the experience forever? More importantly, would you like those who follow in your footsteps to inherit such a dysfunctional working environment? Do you not have a duty to solve this problem of institutionalized mediocrity, or at least try? You know there is no joy anywhere such working conditions exist, not for the worker or those they are meant to serve. The cycle of broken PMO must end everywhere, and if you will not end it, who will? Will you look the other way at PMO mediocrity or fix what is under your control? Will you pass the buck, or does the buck stop with you? However, Note the above does not infer you must do everything for yourself in a PMO context, quite the contrary, as that would be a recipe for personal burnout and PMO disaster. You must master two skills. Number one, the art and science of delegation of work, and number two, training of personnel, both paid staff and volunteers. And you may choose to delegate the training of PMO personnel once you have installed a functional org chart. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.